Walter Life with Brent and Jeff. We have a big show for you tonight. All right, good evening. This is The Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. We're back with another new Alter Life episode and uh, another new book, another more territory in the the NT, the New Testament. (laughs) And uh, tonight we're going to be starting up our study in the book of Titus. And um, I'm excited about this book. I haven't studied this book in a while, but it's exciting to get through it and just um, continue on. In our topic of servanthood tonight, a servant's character. Well, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. That was born again by the newsboys. That's what I feel like is true of the Altar Life in this servanthood series. You're like, wait, I thought you guys did a servanthood series. We did. We've done two. This is our third because we got more. The Bible has more to say about servanthood. Last week we talked about uh, restoration of a servant. And uh, now that we're looking at these things, it's it's great to get into Titus here and kind of put a nice neat bow on the the idea of serving in the church, serving in the community, uh, and what it what it takes. You know, how do you how do you find yourself in this position? Um, we'll just jump right in at the book of Titus, chapter one, verse one. Paul, a bond servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth, which accords with godliness. And then he continues, in hope of eternal life with which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. Paul's just laying out his credentials, basically saying, like, I'm an apostle, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth, which is in in accordance with godliness. Basically, the the truth of the matter is, you know, the fact that I'm an apostle and I'm a servant of God is confirmed by the truth of God and by the revelation of who he is and uh you know a lot of times paul i feel like has to answer for himself when he's when he's introducing these books that he writes or these epistles people i know there's you know lots of examples of scripture where people were coming in and undercutting who paul was trying to make the people you know go back to being a jew or or you know following the the law and all that kind of stuff and paul is constantly having to vouch for himself you know and, and in this way he does it again but uh, what we're going to talk about tonight is what it looks like to be an elder, a, a servant in the church, someone who's going to lead the congregation. What are the characteristics? It's kind of similar to what we looked at in First and Second Timothy, uh, but from a different perspective as usual. Um, so we're really excited to continue on in our To Serve and Protect series. And one of the things you'll, you'll notice as we study through this is there's a lot of focus on the truth, on God's word. And what's truth? <laughs> yeah. And and being able to sniff out truth versus error. And it's interesting because he starts off by talking about the fact that he's established in God as one of his elect through the faith and the acknowledgement of truth, which accords with godliness, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie. It's yeah. truth. You can take it to the bank. That's who our God is. And um, he's going to go on and talk about what it looks like to be an overseer in the church and what those people need to look like. Um, outwardly, um, but it's all centered on the cornerstone of God's truth and God's word, which we play on studying tonight. So that's a good thing. And I love this. This is like a verse you can just like part of a verse you can highlight there. You know where he says, "In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, look, God can't lie. Yeah. <laughs> he can't. It's against his nature, you know. And um, I guess he 
I guess if God could do anything, he could probably make himself lie. But he can't. It's, it's, against his, it's his against his nature to lie, and he cannot do it. So when the enemy says that God's lying to you, you can go right to this verse, pull it up in Titus, and say, but God cannot lie. It's right here in my word, right? Yeah, people always try to throw that stuff at you, and it's like, well, if God can do anything, can he build a rock big enough that he can't even lift it? It's like, well, no, I don't think God can do anything because he can't lie. He can't be dishonest. He can't. The Bible says so. There are things that God can't do. There are things that God chooses not to do. So don't get caught up in that nonsense because that's just a lie. From the liar who yeah. is the enemy. And, uh, you know, he goes on, you know, promised before time began, but has in due time manifested his word through preaching. And, um, you know, I love that too. He's, he's promised these things. They, they were they were true before even time began. They were true. You know, isn't that awesome? Like, truth isn't just truth as of today. It's as of forever ago, as far back as you can think and beyond that. Which, it's sometimes it's easier for us to think about, well, future goes on forever. But the past went on forever, right? Yeah. And um, before that, this was true. And um, I love how it's become, it's just only become manifest We've actually just realized this as we've been studying through what? Through the preaching and the speaking of truth and the preaching of God's word, and um, which was committed to Paul according to the commandment of God our Savior. God allowed Paul to start realizing some of this stuff, which is, which is awesome. Yeah, it's really cool because people want to constantly be modifying what truth is. And this, sets it, this sets it straight right from the get-go that if it's new, it's not true. You know, people are like, oh, well, that's your truth. That, 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 that phrase doesn't make any sense when people say that. Oh, that's your truth. That's what you're, that's your faith. That's your this or that. This is my truth. No, it's truth was established before the foundation of the world. And God is the definer of what is true and what is a lie. And uh, it's important for us to remember that. And that's why he's going to start to char- characterize what a true servant of God looks like. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. That was Rain in Us by Starfield. I love that song and how important yeah. it is for us to allow God to have the free reign and that we can never really be an effective servant of Him unless we're allowing Him to do the service through us. And we talked about that back in our Colossians series, the service of Christ and how important it is that God is actually the one who does the work and we just need to allow ourselves to be used. And, um, that's an important characteristic of a servant of God, an elder. One of the reasons why, you know, we came up with this to serve and protect. You know, a lot of so far the servanthood series. Is, the first one was talking about what your motivation should be. You know, to serve behind the scenes or to serve. You know, what, how it looks like, what it looks like to be a servant. And then the second servanthood series was what we're going to encounter once we've realized that we are to serve God. You know, the distractions and how we should be disciplined and those kinds of things. This is talking more specifically about how a servant works in their relationships with people and the responsibilities that we have to protect the flock, you know, the local church body that we've been called to serve in or or whatever it may be. Um, So it's just important to see not only to protect the church, to protect other believers, but to protect ourselves from the world, which will be a topic that we, we get into in the coming weeks. So really interesting how you know there are a lot of similar ideas but just looking at them from a different perspective each time through so uh he moves on and he addresses the letter to titus a true son in our common faith grace mercy and peace from god the father and the lord jesus christ typical introduction by paul he's writing the letter he starts off with this big 
beginning of who he was. Yeah. <laughs> Went on a little tangent. Paul did. And he says, to Titus, a true son in our common faith. You know, and he recognizes that Tim, t- Titus is a believer just like Paul. They believe the same thing. It's grounded in this truth <laughs> that um, Paul already talked about. He says, for this reason, I left you, Titus, in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. And, um, you know, he says, if a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, and he goes on and he, and he gives some descriptions, which we'll get into, but um, it's interesting that Paul's encouraging Titus here to kind of set up some oversight. You know, elder, it means bishop. It means, you know, elder, bishop, they're synonymous. They mean oversight, overseers. Um, those who've been put in a position of watching out. And um, it's interesting that, you know, Paul Paul encourages him to do that because he realizes that, you know, it's needed. He realizes that, you know, there needs to be solid um, believers. And we'll go into what this looks like. But, you know, it all goes back to the very beginning, why Paul put this in his letter. You know, it all goes back to, you know, overseers of the body and making sure that the truth reigns supreme. You know, that it, they don't get distracted and that... Um, the faith, this common faith that he has with Titus doesn't get ignored or shunned. Um, and, uh, and he left Titus there to set that up. He says, I encourage, you know, like find guys, you know, and, um, set them up in every city. Like I've commanded you. Yeah. And it reminds me of in acts where they, they pull out the seven guys just to serve tables and they had to have these kinds of characteristics, you know, guys who have servants hearts and it's important for, I think everybody to see this outline because what it says is like God doesn't expect people to do everything on their own because we're human. He doesn't call us to do things because we become superheroes and we're, you know, it's it's actually it's better to have those kinds of things established because we don't get burnt out. You know, like when God raises up there's some people that have the specific gifts and he calls people to specific roles. Some people are called to be like the head, the leader, but then there's other people that are just so, so great, gifted at being that support person or that person that something can be delegated to. Paul's smart about it, you know, and that's of the Lord. Uh, and I think that's really cool how it, it lays it out like this because he's saying, like, listen, you're in Crete. There's a reason why people call them Cretans. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is a rough, rough bunch here. So make sure you get a, the guys in here. And and as we see in the other. Uh, the other epistles, people are always coming in like wolves in sheep's clothing and stuff, trying to to, to, to plant deception within the truth. And uh, it's important to have that oversight. You know, here's Paul starting to describe an elder or a bishop. And um, so let's just get into it. He says, if a man is blameless, well, that pretty much kills everybody. <laughs> uh, if a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children not accused of dissipation or insubordination... And, um, you know, blameless man. It doesn't mean perfect because we would all be... I read blameless. I'm like, oh, I'm not blameless. Yeah, disqualified. <laughs> um, but isn't it interesting that, you know, Jesus, the God the Father sees us as blameless. You know, that's what Ephesians says, is that we're blameless because of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. You know, I think about that and I go, well, I'm not worthy to be called blameless because I know myself and I know how um, prone to wander I am. But, you know, blameless is somebody who actually, before other men and before other people, people see them as, you know, 
this guy is like loves the Lord. This guy is all about, <laughs> and he doesn't have a reputation of being a you know a rat or <laughs> doesn't have a reputation of being, um, you know, accused of all this stuff. Like he he's above board, you know, and um, but we all know ourselves, and we know that we're not that, and you know it's it's important to remember that none of us are really called or are perfect enough to do this. It's the work of Jesus on the cross that has made us blameless before Jesus, before God the Father, and should encourage us to to serve Him, you know, because that's what He's called us to do: accomplish those good works that He's laid out before us before time began. You're unbelievable. The altar. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. All right, that was stepping out by Manifest. Before that, you heard Truth, a little spoken word by Redeemed Thought. And read who we are. So it's time for our unbelievable segment. And we're talking about setting up guys overseeing in the church. And that, that sparked an idea for our unbelievable segment within the the mind of Brent. And uh, we'll let him share what our unbelievable segment is this week. I was just thinking about, you know, setting up order and setting up an organization. And, you know, what, what organization doesn't, you know, what good organization doesn't have an org chart? And it's that chart that pictorially explains who works for who. And um, it's funny because you grow up kind of, you know, especially in sports where you're like, you know, everybody's on the team and everybody's equal and hope everybody just had fun. That's what you're always worried <laughs> yeah. about. Everybody just being the same and having fun. It doesn't matter who's going to win or lose. And then you get to the work world. It's like, it's that's what it's all about. <laughs> it's like... If you're not at the top of the chart and you're some down, like the lower you are on the page, the the less important you are in, the, in that world. Yeah. And uh, if you're at the top of the page, man, you've got it made because you've got boxes and arrows that point to you. <laughs> and uh, it's like if you when you break it down and it's just about a box and a page, yeah. it's kind of like, oh, I don't really want, I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> to make you feel even worse about being lower on the page is if the toner is low and they print out the org chart. And by the time it gets to your name, the ink just faded and has like those lines in it. It's like, who is that guy down there on the bottom of the page? It doesn't matter because it's at the bottom of the page. You're like, I could have replaced the toner, but you know, I the coffee was on. So <laughs> it's like, oh man, I can't even make the org chart. You know you ride when you're the box that has the admin associated with it. Nice. Because that person, you know, works for everybody, but that person works right for the boss. Yeah. Uh, it's like, <laughs> I don't uh, know what that's like. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I think it's funny that you grow up kind of not that and then you get out in the real world and that's exactly how it is yeah and it's just it's it's, it's misleading and of course that's not the point of what we're talking about tonight yeah. it's not the way it works in the kingdom because in the way in the kingdom that org chart would be you would flip the page around that's right and the one at the top would be the one at the very bottom yep think about that and the one at the very bottom would be above john the baptist According to Jesus. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. That was The Imposter by Kevin Max. That's not what you want. You don't want an imposter as an elder. Fortunately, those kinds of things happen. And uh, that's why it's important to remember that God cannot lie, even though men can. Um, where did we leave off? In verse 6, I believe. Yes, if if a man six. is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or insubordination. Speaking of the workplace... 
insubordination. Those are some good words there. Dissipation. I forget. I think in the King James, whenever it talks about dissipation, it's like just like rioting and excessive rioting or something like that. But it's a cool word. You should look it up. Homework. Yep. Be know. filled with the Spirit. It says, you know, Ephesians, right? It says, be filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk. With it, whereas of dissipation, yeah, right? <laughs> whereas is dissipation, right? But insubordinate. I never think of. I never say that to my son when he's not listening to me. I'm like, you are insubordinate. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> or insubordinate. However you pronounce it, I'm saying. The concept is though. <laughs> how can you rule and kind of oversee? the body of christ if you can't ever see your own house exactly right? so and have your own house in order because he's talking about you know set in order the things that are lacking and appoint in the you know appoint elders in every city as i command you and then he goes you know that man should have husband and one wife and have orderly children things should be in order in his own house that's, that's right. the first the first step and that's a good lesson you know how can you do anything in the kingdom, you know, if you're neglecting your house, you know, yeah. ministry, so often people will serve the church or serve external ministries and ignore the stuff that's going on in their house. And, um, you know, their family is our number one ministry and priority and everything else to follow. And uh, the Lord is continuing to work that out, even in my own life. Um, anyway, <laughs> moving on. Editorial comment. <laughs> For a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God. Interesting. A role to be a steward over um, people and uh, his sheep. And um, it's, it's really humbling yeah. if you think about it that way. Yeah, and he goes on with uh, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, and so on. Uh, and we got lots more to discuss in these, these first couple verses of Titus before we get out of here for the night. And uh, we left off in verse 7. Uh, not self-willed, a bishop that is a, to be blameless as a steward of God. Not self-willed, not quick-tempered, which disqualifies me, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> not given to wine, uh, which is self-explanatory. Someone who, who lives and, and, and allows themselves to be given over to the control of some intoxicating thing. Wine, regardless, you know, regardless of whether it's wine or drugs, or you know, even if those drugs have recently been made legal, don't give me that argument. Uh, <laughs> um, anything that would take over or intoxicate us to 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 make our mind not itself, you know what I mean? That's the Bible often refers to wine, but there are so many other things that go along with that that same mindset, and it's interesting that. The, that type of thing is referred to as a spirit, you know, wine and spirits. And the Bible says to not be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, it's, just, it's really interesting how those things play out uh, in Scripture. Uh, but he says, not violent. I would hope not. You don't want the guy like breaking arms and breaking thumbs. It's not like the mafia, the church and the elders. Maybe your church is like that, actually, but <laughs> my church isn't. You don't have the guys that like, Hey, you didn't tie this week. Let me just take you out back in the alley. Let Mickey Blue Eyes break your thumbs for me. <laughs> it's not like that, I hope. I don't know. Maybe this is an unfulfilled ministry that I need to step into. <laughs> the violent elder ministry. <laughs> the enforcers. It's not the overseers. It's the enforcers. It has a better ring to it. Easily tempered, given to wine, and violent. Easily tempered. But you think about it, it's like that's the opposite of... 
that picture, right, is the opposite of what it's really about. Yeah. Isn't that isn't that funny? Yeah. Um, greedy for money, not greedy for money, yeah. right? And uh, hospitable, and a lover of what is good. Man, I I stop there and think, you know, do I love good more than evil? You know, and um, that's what an elder's about: love and um, being hospitable, um, a lover of what is good, and sober-minded. Rational, in other words, just, holy, self set apart, right? Self-controlled. Um, all things that are fruits of the Spirit and um, things that, you know, in and of our own flesh we would not be. And, um, you know, obviously you, a spirit, you know, an elder or a bishop should be spirit-filled. You know, because all the things that, you know, that it's expected of one of these folks would... You know, these are things that... They're just not Christians by name, right? They're they're men who have, um, who have lived out, you know, this. This is the fruit of their life. They they're seeing this as, um, you know, the the manifestation of what the Spirit has done in their life, and it's evident to everyone that they're blameless in this, right? And so, um, you know, this list of stuff, and uh, um, and not just bishops or elders, but you know, we all have a part in keeping the body of Christ holy and pure. And, um, you know, I think this is something that we should be, this is a calling on our, all of our lives is to live out um, our faith in such a way that people look at us and say that we're not quick-tempered, that we're not given to wine, that we're hospitable, love, or what is good. All right, that was Take Over Me by Sanctus Real. What a great night of music we've had, and the best is yet to come. Uh, <laughs> of... Sorry. <laughs> it's just true. I mean, whatever. You're like, what are you talking about? Well, you'll find out. Um, we left off in verse 9. That's which what we is call a cliffhanger. That's right. <laughs> which we're going to uh, make an unbelievable segment in the future, by the way. Uh, I can't believe we haven't talked about cliffhangers. I don't know. Stay tuned for another Alter Life show. Maybe we'll have cliffhangers as an unbelievable segment. Um, <sighs> can't wait. I can't wait till next week. It's going to be great. That, that in itself was a cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, um, verse 9, where we're going to wrap up tonight before next week's episode, where we pick up in verse 10, coincidentally enough, um, he says, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convict those who contradict. And I like this, because the way it's worded is in a way that it's not threatening. It's not like we were talking about, like, like you better get your your act together or the elders are going to come. <laughs> it's not like, yeah, it's not like the village. It's like, those who we do not speak of. Or something. He's like, we think of like the elders of the church. Oh, it's like, oh, and it gets like all like crazy. Really, it's just the guys that are supposed to be on their knees for the direction of the church, praying and leading the church and upholding the pastor and, and what's being taught making sure that it's accurate and according to the word of god and it should be the word that they're living by in their daily life not just when they're in front of the elders board or whatever it may be or in front of the congregation um it's just really cool because it says they would exhort and convict it doesn't say rebuke you know it doesn't yeah. say shoot down those who contradict like, who who how who uh, how dare you Get out of here! You're contradicting what the Word of God says. No, it's saying to convict them. It's it's like there's like this this tender heartedness about it. It's like no, brother, you know, no, that's not what the Spirit is saying. You know, there's just like this 
acting as one that is there to convict. It's just a different a mindset, I think. It's something that I, I took out of that. We all know those people, right, in our church that you just are around with them and the, the word of God is on their mouth and, you know, there's just a sense of, man, he's been with Jesus. And just the mere being in the presence of those people sometimes make our hearts get convicted. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, so much holier than or I. encourage, you know, yeah. like, because of the, it's the spirit of the Lord. It's the word of God that can cut through and um, can divide the flesh from, you know, yeah. the flesh from the real word of God and the truth. And, um, man, that's what I, we all, all of our lives should be like that. You're listening to The Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. All right, that was Strong Convictions by Petra. Before that, you heard Creed by Petra. That, I mean, that, that's just straight up the Bible right there to rock and roll. 90s rock and roll. And if it was up to Jeff, he'd roll. be playing Petra every segment. That's going to be the next series. It's going to be the Rock That Doesn't Roll series with Petra. Where the stone was rolled away. Petra means rock. Just to wrap up, in First Peter, you know, Paul's talking to the elders, and he's saying, as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, he gives them this encouragement. He's, he's telling them, he's like, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers. There's our word, bishops, elders. Not by compulsion, not because you have to, but willingly. Not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Nor as being lords over those entrusted to you. And we read that tonight. Um, not being the enforcers. Yeah. <laughs> um, being lords over those who are entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Live out the godly life. And um, that's kind of what we're talking about tonight. But I love this part. He says, and when the chief shepherd appears, which is Jesus... It says, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. You know, the whole the whole point of it isn't for our own gain. It isn't for our own, you know, you know, the elders and the overseers. And like, it's not all about being the super spiritual ones in the church. Um, it's about serving the body of Christ and protecting the body of Christ and watching out and shepherding and being able to sniff out the truth versus the error and um, all that is for an end that we will receive a crown of glory that does not fade away. That's the reward. That's the prize at the end, you know, is that not only do we get a crown of glory, but his bride, the shepherd, you know, the sheep, you know, yeah. all end up with a crown of glory at the end of the day. And um, the chief shepherd will come and it won't fade. It's a permanent end. And I love that. And um, don't we all want that? Don't we all want to have that end? And uh, it just should be encouragement to us to live our life out that way. And until next week, be cool, cats. Live for Christ. Music, truth, real, period.